0: Not Exactly Radio back again. Hey, here we are social distancing ourselves by talking to each other through a computer. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So many things hey,
1: are going to be shuttered during this. We refuse to let Not Exactly Radio be shuttered. We are <laughs> yeah, open. Yeah, exactly.
0: We demand that. No, I don't demand. reopen
1: anything. podcasting.
0: Reopen open podcast i'm pretty sure every one of our podcast buddies are all still doing this so it's just fine everything's just everyone can do it i know anyways <laughs> hey what's up it's not exactly radio once again with you with your hosts to the host to the host people benny k
1: and uh tony i got my corns in the sun tony Tony, I got my corns in the sun, Tony. Yeah, I got some big corns. They're falling big on, fucking- turning on into bunions.
0: I seen them. I seen them. It's been a while since we've been social distancing, but I seen them. I'm just saying. Um, oh, I send
1: them feet pics weekly. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Oh, that's so gross. I don't understand.
0: Well, let me introduce Kevin so he can actually be a part of this conversation.
2: Do I Welcome want back to
0: again. Oh, you're going to be. You're going to tell me your opinion about feet, and we're going to get down to it. So, so Kevin, feet, what do you think?
3: Feet pictures? Uh, if you're going to do it, uh, get paid for it. I know that it's like one of the top three OnlyFans pages are uh, foot photos. For profiles. Um, I remember
1: when my mom was young, her experience once was like a man. She was wearing sandals, and uh, when she was in the prime of her life, a man literally came over, fell to his knees while she was pumping gas, and like basically was trying to like worship the piggies. Wow. And that, to, like drive and, out of there.
0: And that is why I get pictures of Tony's feet every day because he gets his feet <laughs> from his mom. The legendary feet. <laughs> Um, the legendary feet. Tony's got him, but uh, so I need him it's a, because it's that a, man, it. that man that bowed in front of your mom was my dad. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. uh,
1: anyways, <laughs> oh my god, that was an amazing bit. But also, I love Bernie, and I don't want to believe Bernie would ever be capable yeah. of such a thing. <laughs> my dad, you no, know he's not. He's too busy no. taking a nap. He is way too busy <laughs> taking a nap right now. Um, but anyways, uh, I was also thinking. Uh, it's a, it's a great movie, but Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he takes his okay. foot fetish to another level. To the point where I was yelling at the TV by the end of the movie. <laughs> There's just so many, like, instead of, like, movies where, like, a Michael Bay movie where she's, he's gonna give you 15 ass shots of Megan Fox,
3: it think of that but feet. There's so God. much woman it, feet in it. It was... About as aggressive, it was the most aggressive he's gotten since uh, Pulp Fiction when yeah. his introduction of Uma Thurman is just her walking into a room, but you only see her feet.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I would still say you'd even like it, Ben, as a non uh, you're not your a- average moviegoer because uh, you saw Inglorious Bastards, right. I did, I saw, I actually, I'm a big fan of K- Tarantino movies, like I actually, uh, yeah.
0: Amber and I watched Kill Bill last night.
1: Well, when you get to when you get to be able to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, co-sign on that one, that one's one of his uh, better ones too. It's a really I good one. I can't wait, I cannot wait.
0: I'm glad that we started out our podcast talking about feet and Quentin Tarantino movies, <laughs> when today has nothing to do with the topic. Those are things uh, are
1: as Wisconsin as the violent <laughs> femmes.
0: <laughs> feet and Tarantino movies. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Uh, okay, so shit, <laughs> we have to talk about the violent femmes. That's what Tony was getting at. We were listening to crap albums. I shouldn't say crap albums. They were like not the easiest listens for wow. us. Some people might enjoy them, but we didn't feel uh, the need to listen to them. To after ju- I have to actually actually judge you if yeah you you're generalizing.
1: It. You, you're, you're overly music. generalizing here. <laughs> Last week was I don't a- want to. Last week was a gimmick album where there was some fun to it, but at the end of the day, it's a gimmick album. Before that was Joe Exotic. Do not give that man credit for anything. Yeah. no. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot about that. Yeah. Do Before not do that, that was um, Sugar Ray and oh
3: my God. What do we do? Kevin. <laughs> so it, we're on a streak. We
0: were on a streak of back fucking, to back. Battle. No, hold on a second. Fuck oh, you, Kevin. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, to,
0: I am. I am he's offended. He's, he's extremely shaming. <laughs> I am he's shaming me in Sugar Ray in 1459. How fucking
1: dare you, you Kevin? You can't shit on Extremely My Shit. That means now when you do Extremely My Shit, you're picking Pearl Jam, and we're going to do Pearl Jam voice the whole time. That's it. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And when I sing a Pearl Jam song, it's going to be, One, one, the only one here is one. You okay, one. I, I guess we're doing tip. Pearl
1: Jam 10. <laughs> Doing doing and doing, Pearl, and doing Pearl to, Jam track by track.
0: I have to say Pearl the, the thing now that happened to me at Lambeau Field because there was one time, uh, <laughs> there was one time I almost got murdered at Lambeau Field because they were playing a Pearl Jam song, and I jokingly said out loud because I think I forgot who I was with. I think I was with Brandon. I uh, was somebody. I don't know uh but i was like oh they're playing creed right now and this dude in front of me straight up looks back with murder eyes he's like this is fucking pearl jam man and i'm <laughs> like oh no i know it's pearl jam it's a joke it's an inside joke with me and a buddy that really loves them it's uh just it's okay i know it's pearl jam everyone calm down um, I almost got murdered
1: uh there, i have a neighbor uh like it's uh it's a perpendicular uh intersecting block but uh his suv i always walk past and i go kevin's friend because there's like four pearl jam bumper stickers and then uh his vanity plate uh it is custom for pearl jam it's one of the
3: it's one of the songs off of ten i think even, even flow or something like that because you yes. pointed the truck you've out seen, to it. Me. Yes. I've seen it
1: yes i've even shown you Ke- kevin i've shown kevin uh, his friend. <laughs> but okay. it's just this Pearl Jam super fan nearby with, yeah, even flow, even Bob. Fucking, <laughs> plate. fuck yeah, that sounds... That sounds good. <laughs> he looks well, like eventually... he'd be Kevin's friend, too.
0: So he <laughs> just is Kevin's friend.
3: guy. It's not like, it'd be yeah, hard it like, like yeah. he'd be a
0: <laughs> friend. Well, I know. <laughs> We make it out like, yeah, if Kevin could make friends, well, this guy would definitely be his fucking you know, friend. I didn't
1: see him wearing a shirt that said, like, fuck sandals or something. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I guess number one, do you want to be Kevin's friends? Make
0: sure you don't hate sandals.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, man. That's, uh, okay, wow. So, anyways, uh, that Jesus has Christ. self-titled. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Okay, let's get Um, into it. It was originally released on uh, April 13th, 1983 on vinyl and cassette. Yeah, Uh, I was going to say, when we actually uh,
0: thought about doing this album, we thought about it on the day that this album was released about uh,
1: almost uh, 40 years ago. Uh, that would be thirty-seven, sir. So yes, I said almost forty. Well, I'm just saying, like, Come on. that would be thirty-seven years. So it's a thirty-seven-year-old yes. record. Uh, guess how, unless you're already looking at what I'm reading, uh, guess how many years it took him before it uh, had a CD release. Um, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it, so go ahead, Tony. Four years, 1987, with additional oh, tracks, shit. "Ugly" and "Give Me the Car." Um it came out via Slash Records, which I should have looked up the history of Slash Records. I'm sure it is interesting. They were probably in the middle of everything. Um, but anyways, this was recorded at Castle Studios at Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Hey, yes.
3: does that mean they're from Wisconsin? Hey, wait sure a second. Does. It sure does. Uh, well, um, I th- I'm sure anybody from outside of Wisconsin could have recorded at Castle Studios. but <laughs> But... The songs happen. are
1: all written by Gordon Gano, who's the lead singer, uh, guitarist, all that. When he was uh, 18-year-old Wisconsinite high schooler, um, cover model of the album is uh, Billy Jo Campbell, who was three years old at the time. She was spotted with her mother walking around California. They offered the mother a hundred dollars. Then you get this great album cover. It's just like a little innocent-looking girl in a dress looking through a window, peeking in. But uh, it just—it looks—it just. It, it looks, it just Looks like a good album cover. <laughs> well, and it's, it it's got
3: that... Uh, uh, the Schindler's List kind of pop to it where everything is black and white except for uh, your figure there where in uh, the movie Schindler's List, famously, there's a girl wearing red and like mm-hmm. that's the only color in the film. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. on the album cover here, uh, while she's wearing a white dress, she has also like a pink flower and it just pops off uh the cover there
1: in the vinyl who was gifted by my uh sweet friend and uh happens to be the host of this show uh benny K um so the vinyl uh looks great the album cover of course but also i like the insert let me grab it nobody gets to see it besides the two of you but it's right here
0: (laughs) well kevin's got it out ready to go Oh, you both got it out. Yeah, I forgot you both. I'm the only one here that doesn't have this on vinyl. But it,
1: it, it, it it's a cool, like, you know, handwritten everything. Look, all the lyrics are handwritten. It's just notebook paper, and that's because he wrote this while he was in high school. And that is, it reminds me of, uh, just, um, how, like... For me, music is closer to poetry than, obviously, like, narratives. And Uh uh, I always think about how the best poets tend to get started when they're young. Uh (laughs) They have all these fresh feelings and outlook on all these fresh ideas and feelings. And so, you know, it makes sense that, you know, he just is very, just has so much anger and output and frustration that comes on this, you know? And so it it doesn't, you know, when you look at the history of in high school, oh my writing God. this probably literally on notebook paper. Sorry about my son, um, <laughs> but literally on notebook paper, it it just makes it that more feel that much more raw to it, you know?
0: It, yeah, I was gonna say, I absolutely agree. With that it's just kind of funny to, I shouldn't say funny, but I mean, like, it's kind of interesting to see how, like, how these songs kind of like, I guess, I feel as I listen to the album, how they kind of tie in with each other, oh, yeah. how it does kind of sound like a whole uh rantings of a teenage of teenage angst. This is like punk that isn't punk, I guess you could say.
3: The, well, this it is definitely proto punk. Uh, yes. If, yeah. if you want to say that this was the birth of folk <clears throat> punk even, like I can't tell you yes. how many folk punk bands cite the violent femmes as influences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I also kind of got like a little bit of a Patty Smith vibe going it when you say poetry uh, like yes. uh the fact that it sounds like her delivery on a whole bunch of this album or like a whole bunch of the Chicago blues. You know, Milwaukee's not a uh too far drive from the city of Chicago and mm. uh there there's just a lot of poetic influence on Gordon's delivery from uh on these songs. And mm. that's
1: uh it's also a testament to like And it's fun because it's like, uh, you know, it's like a way that you can't really categorize them because they influence so many different groups. And you can Mm -hmm. say they Mm -hmm. came from so many different ones because, yeah, you even get like New Wave type of like New Order um, kind of vibes from it. And then even Grunge used it like Kurt Cobain loved the Violent Mm Femmes. Like, it's just interesting. And it's because it's it's right in this middle of this time period where...
0: For sure. Like in 1983, like that. It's, it was kind of funny when I was listening to this album on Spotify. When the album's over, uh, my Spotify likes to play songs that are like this entire album. And then the, the next song that played after the last song on this album was Dead Kennedys. I'm pretty sure it was Holiday in Cambodia. And, and I was. It's like, still, oh, and even yeah. that fits.
1: <laughs> like you can uh, even see them playing together. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, yeah there's, absolutely.
3: There's a whole, I guarantee you there are a whole bunch of people who listen to this album. And it's like, Wow, these songs are great, but this guy can't sing for shit. If he can't exactly. sing for shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can get on the
2: mic and
0: be okay. I will say that uh, before we go into this album, I wanted to say that a lot of the vocals that I hear in this album kind of sound like Paulie Shore. There, I fucking <laughs> say it. it. Sounds like fucking Paulie Shore.
3: The weasel.
1: And that is why uh, certain critics of this household also have their say too. I mean, when we get was to it, that, was it Hugo? we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he wrote some things down. Um, so, some background on the album: Final Femmes is the band's most successful album to date. Achieved a rare feat by going gold four years after its release, but then later platinum four years after that without uh, making any appearance on the Billboard 200 album chart. So, people huh. just kept buying it steadily, basically. Not a ton, but, like, steadily, like, just... And I think that's because it was just this influence of, like, oh, you like them? Buy this one, you know? Like, this, you know, I think it was probably... It was probably just a big word-of-mouth thing of, you know, these guys credit these guys, you know? It's This this is the beginning of scene, you know, a scene, I think.
3: Back Um, when people would go to record stores, I could see this album being, like, something that the guy who owns the place, like... Has uh, maybe a constant rotation or like a Mm -hmm. uh, semi constant rotation where people would be like, Hey, what is this? And they're like, Oh, it's the violent fans. It's like, This ain't half bad. Do you have any copies of this? And like, Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. So after achieving platinum certification on February 1st, 91, the album finally entered the Billboard album chart for the first time on August 3rd, 91. (laughs) (laughs) So it it hit platinum but it wasn't for another six months after that that it even hit the billboard so uh so since nielsen music began electronically tracking sales in 91 the album has sold 1.8 million copies uh so if you blend both the certification and the sales data depending on whatever organization was doing that uh they estimate about three million people have purchased this album in the united states wow (laughs) yeah um, Slant good. Magazine listed the album at 21 on the list of best albums of the 80s ranked 974 in all time top 1000 albums by Slash Magazine 2014 Staff of Pop Matters included the album on their list of 12 essential alternative rock albums of the 80s um, it's also in the book 1001 albums still listen to before you die but Rolling Stone helped it off that fucking 500 album list that we always talk about Fucking boomers. <laughs> fucking
0: boomers. Uh, um, I think that's a, that's kind of interesting also. I always forget that this album came out in the 80s, like 1983 or 1987, I should say. Um, and it doesn't feel like an 80s type album. I guess I shouldn't... That's not really fair, because not all 80s music sounds like what I think in my head. But...
3: Right, but like you also... It, it, I understand what you're saying. Like, you, you've, okay. got, you've got, like, the... It, there's no, uh, like synth wave on it it's not uh clean and poppy like some of your other songs like uh this uh, alt rock is very much a huge umbrella for things to sit under uh Mm -hmm. but in there like you kind of have things that kind of like indie rock where like you have a sound when you say that despite it being able to potentially mean a whole bunch of different things when i say alt rock especially of the 80s like i'm thinking violent femmes rem bands that have kind of that they're a little bit headier maybe a little stripped down uh not doing any kind of like the hair metal that was going on at the time of the 80s uh things like that when you think it's the sure to say alternative rock what is it the alternative to well Whenever you think of Rock of the Eighties, it's basically the antithesis of that. Absolutely. Alright. So we've taken
0: up a lot of time talking about feet, uh other things, and the intro to this album, let's get into the album, starting it off hot with blisters in the sun. Kevin, I know uh, you have a lot to say about that.
3: Singular. <laughs> blister in the sun. Oh sorry, blister in the sun. My apologies. Like a blister <laughs> in the sun. Let me go yes. on. Uh famously thought about to be about masturbation and I thought for the longest time it was about masturbation Uh, apparently it's about using heroin or someone being a heroin user Uh, Mm -hmm. this also happens to be uh, a track that was included on one of the first CDs I ever had Uh, technically it was actually my dad's but uh, I listened to it like it was my own Uh, the soundtrack to Gross Point Blank uh, great John Cusack movie oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. where uh, it came out around like 2000, where the Violent Femmes actually re-recorded this song uh, for a second version to be put on that soundtrack. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was this was the first song on that soundtrack, and like this and the first song of this album. So every time I put this album on, I keep thinking that the next song on that soundtrack is going to kick in, <laughs> and that just happened to be the Clashes "Rudy Can't Fail." So I go. keep expecting oh, yeah, like yeah. some uh, <laughs> another good song.
1: I'm wearing a Clash T-shirt,
3: reggae Scottish type uh, track to follow after this, uh, yep. and it's definitely not what follows after this. But still, <laughs> still a great song that comes next. But still, that's
0: As- oh absolutely. Um, I,
3: I Tony, do you have anything to say before I get into this
0: weird shit? Okay that's good Uh, so I wanted to say that this song is like absolutely classic can't help but clap every time and Kevin I just gotta argue with you a little bit why can't it be both about being overdosed or being strung out on heroin and masturbation because can't someone be strung out and horny I mean the song is about heroin but it's also being rejected by, by girls so what do men do when they get rejected
3: they masturbate I I would say 100%, <laughs> except that Gordiano has come out and said like he doesn't know where the masturbation thing came from. I know. Like, like I if he know. didn't explicitly come out and say that, no, it's about uh, drug use. Like that's where I was at high school, which, also, <laughs> 80s high school, what the fuck, Jesus, man? right? <laughs> I know, like, what's <laughs> gonna say, 18-year-olds just, like, all of a sudden, yeah, let's just shoot him some fucking heroin.
0: Hey, fucking smack, Fucking man. yow!
1: <laughs> I'm guessing they're, God, s- they had to be snorting it, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, well, no, had because they have four needles. It, so the
3: reason that it uh, came together, because, like, when I thought Blister of the Sun, I thought it was a man masturbating so much, he started chafing, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Blister in the Sun... Like a joystick on an N64, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but Blister in the Sun here for heroin, like, I assume, well, some of us here have seen uh, Requiem for a Dream, correct? Mm. Where
0: Okay, first of all, I am offended because I know you know I haven't seen that movie. I, it, it's, <laughs> because it's I'm those, Ben.
3: It's one of those... <laughs> movies that i feel like gets passed around that everyone's either like seen or seen references to um mm-hmm. but in but in that movie uh Jared Leto's character just keeps shooting heroin into the same dirty rotten vein and it's blistery and gross and like you see here like like Jared Leto it's actually a perfect it's a <laughs> <laughs> the song does a great way of describing how that scene looks.
0: That's very good. Okay, I'm glad I'm <laughs> learning a lot about heroin right now. Um, but I also, uh, I didn't know that big hands was another name for a drug dealer because I apparently like it said that doctors would notice that heroin users would often like come in with like swollen hands. So then, didn't know that's what it meant.
3: Pretty interesting fact there. And then the uh, <laughs> body and beads. I stain my sheets. Thought it was a guy using his sheets uh, to clean up for uh, uh, masturbating, yeah. but apparently, yep. if you come off a of heroin, uh, wet dreams are a thing that happens.
0: Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was uh, um, uh, not wet dreams. <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, um, what do you want to call that? When you're trying to recover, but oh, just uh, get like
3: night sweats or something like that, or yeah,
0: like sweats, But it's like what's it called though? When you're trying to like recover and you want another hit, but you're like you're trying the meat to meat sweats. Uh, no, it's not the meat sweats. God damn it. <laughs> The relapse, fuck? dude. No, not relapse either. It's like uh, you are craving. you're doing it's like you're not relapsing. God craving. damn it. not craving. I suck at this. It always happens on the podcast where I'm like, I can't think of this one certain word. Uh, um, craving.
1: booty cheeks. it's booty cheeks. Um, moving booty cheeks.
0: on. Uh, <laughs> fine, it's moving on.
1: <laughs> um, we're gonna go on to track it's gonna bother me so much of kiss off. <laughs> Kiss Off.
0: I actually love that song and I thought in originally I thought it was like a badass song that was like the anthem anthem like say to the rest of the world like hey, fuck you man it's whatever fuck you, fuck the world or whatever. And I thought it was like a cool song like that but actually the song cuz I mean that would make more sense for me because it's like a, an 18-year-old dude from high school trying to like get through his teen years this way and I'm like oh yeah fuck the world whatever. But it's actually a story about struggle and how the narrator wants to kill himself. And, like, when, it's kind of interesting, because when you get to the counting part, um, where it's like, one, 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 na, 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 two, uh, it's actually um, a, the, the narrator uh, counting pills that he plans to take to overdose. So And then him giving you? the reasons behind each of them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought that was that was insane. I didn't know that until he, like, dove into this
1: album. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that breakdown into that... Um, it's just so good. Also, this is the track that uh, really highlights how much of an influence the drummer D. Lorenzen is on a lot of punk drummers, mm-hmm. um, because he, I mean, he's incorporating stuff like brushes and you know, uh, just also simple kit setup. And it just, it was, it's, it's, it's a DIY drummer's dream of <laughs> showing how many different sounds you can get from a simple kit. Um, so, I I mean, we've known personally people influenced by him, but also just overall, this uh, Kiss Off is that first track where it's like, damn, he is, I mean, it's one of those things of, you make such a great record, all three uh, shine. And this is- Well, it's uh, also
0: funny. If you haven't seen Violent Femmes live, you know like their whole setup. Like they have like garbage cans. It's almost like Slipknot, but a lot nicer. They have like garbage cans like uh, grills and well, shit I was like this. Like
3: he's just turned his snare into Weber, a Weber grill. Like he just plays it, oh. a Weber grill as his Yeah.
1: Let's call it Slipstomp. It's, <laughs> like slip slip <laughs> it's like Slipstomp. That's good. It's a that. mixture of the two. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's what I really like uh, from a song perspective, uh, songwriting or uh, the yeah. guts of it, um, is again just uh, drums, the drums. The, the, they're they're something special with
3: uh, the band. Yeah, yeah, Kevin. Uh, can always get a
1: good rub with drummers. So
3: shout or, out. To them. Uh, catching them live the first time back, it was like right around the tail end of high school, uh, so Di Lorenzo was still back in the band. Uh, seeing, seeing this song for the first time, uh, is what turned the Violent Femmes from being a band that, uh, was just the Blister and the Sun band to just one of my mm-hmm. favorite bands that I think I've ever seen.
0: Okay. Hell yeah. Okay. Wait, I just want to make sure um, you guys can hear me, right? Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah. we got you. Okay.
0: Um, All right, cool. I thought I was lost for a second.
1: Um,. Yeah, so I mean it, it's it, it's good <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <absolutely>. transition <laughs>
0: um, before well before we get into that I also wanted to say that uh, another weird dark thing about this song uh, the line where it's like I hope you know that this will go down on your permanent record uh, I didn't know it was used as a metaphor for suicide and how it's permanent super scary like I didn't
3: realize how scary this song kind of was until like I read up through it a little bit but yes it's now it's dark but like also that's just one of my favorite lines. And that was, like, one of the lines uh, during always, the live performance where, like, he locks eyes with someone in the audience. And he, like, straight up just goes, right? And is like, I hope you know that this will mm-hmm. go down on your permanent record. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um,
1: I always pictured the principal from Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, beautiful transition to Please Do Not Go. Um, of course, <laughs> when you're a high schooler, uh, you have to talk about losing girls. And I think like this is kind of uh, an interesting one. Um, but also, like, I, I don't know if you guys know me, uh, but I also love bass players. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this about me. I also play bass. Just kidding, we were in a band once and I played bass in it. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Alright, so... I I fucking love the bass on this one, and like we know that uh, Brian Ritchie fucking lights it up on bass. But he can even make a slow song exciting. I'm not saying like even without the bass, this song would have been pretty cool, but like he makes it that much cooler because I don't know, it just sounds
1: fucking badass. I mean, it gives it's the melody, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, He gets a shine. He gets a shine here again. uh, It's only three members, and they all get a shine on this. Uh, This is funny because it earns the hater alert of the week. Um, Really? um, Speaking of the singer who can't sing, uh, somebody in this household, after I spun it a couple times today, or this week, (laughs) finally, uh, by the end of the week, uh, had to admit... I hate this fucking song from the other room. Oh. She's just like, can he stop whining? He's whiny the entire time. Pippin, how could Pippin do that? Yeah, Pippin's a hater. Uh, Pippin, Pippin is—he uh, grew up with, you know, he, he just likes rap.
0: Pippin the cat, son of a yeah. bitch.
1: That's why he has waves. He—he's a white kid that wears—he's a white kid that wears, wears do raggies. Um, oh no But uh, yeah, so Jessica. <laughs> came out in against uh, this song. Um, she, she likes the rest of the album, but this song pisses her off. Is it is it just because of the whining?
0: Yes, it is it? the
1: whining. You just won't stop fucking whining, is what she said. Well,
0: I mean, like, I get it. I get it.
3: I mean, the, cause cause I mean there, that's basically what the song is. That he sounds like he's a 30-year-old man, even though he is, like, 18. 40-year-old. Yeah,
1: that doesn't help either. Um, God. So, yeah. so it made me laugh because I'm like, that is a. I, I like when somebody commits to their take, when it's against the grain. <laughs> she doesn't like. Well, it's. Not, I, I get it. It's, I, I get it. it's not for me. She's just was screaming about it. So, kudos to her.
0: Absolutely. Hater of the week. Right. <laughs> let's, <laughs> Jess. Thank you so much. Uh, let's let's get it to add it up. Kevin, you got some hot takes on this one here.
3: Uh, first off, I just want to say that this might be. One of the strongest first four tracks an album opens up with, like oh fuck yeah, yeah. Outside yeah. of never mind, like I can't think of another album that like tracks one through four just all of them are musts and their uh, live show musts for like if you're just trying to set up like a great album, like they're they're perfect back to back to back to back. That being said, yeah. Incels have ruined pretty much every slightly <laughs> problematic thing the 80s have ever made. I,
0: okay, I gotta say, like, when I was listening to the song, I immediately thought about incels,
3: and it's funny that it's, you wrote it, it down. It, it's it, They color every kind of teen angst thing that has anything slightly to do with sex, just because of how awful and trash they are. Uh, even though it does end with the punchline of our second because it's a it's a dual kind of main character thing here you have and like the first part of it you have uh, the mom's boyfriend talking uh, with her and then Brings up the fact that have you seen what your kids doing? He's walking around like he's number one went downtown got him a gun. It's like in today's day and age that sets up for like a very poor ending. Uh, mm-hmm. To yeah. uh, bring up, even though it wasn't a gun, it was a bow and arrow. We need to talk about Kevin. Uh, like <laughs> just just bad things. Just bad <laughs> things happen when someone gets cocky like that, especially when it's over the fact that he can't get laid. And uh, yep, yep. While while it is. Written by Uh, a high schooler about teenage sexual frustration.
1: Reminder It's
3: an 18-year-old drug-abusing teenager. Yeah. That doesn't (laughs) really help. It (laughs) it does suck that one of the Femmes' best songs, if not their best song, like, this is one of the tracks that they usually go out on when they play live. Uh, Well. And if if you kind of uh, believe that a band should always end on their best track, like, that kind of speaks to how even they feel about this song.
1: It It is fantastic, and I was going to play a game at the end where we do pick the uh, undercard title holder, because we know Blister in the Sun and the other hit are, like, the top songs from it. Like, as in I'd notoriety, I was going to say added up as the overall, like, just, it, it, it's the highlight on the album itself but we are going to do some type of a Battle Royal, but I think that wins two to one, even if Ben doesn't agree with us.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I thought Added Up was one of the contenders as well. I thought it was like okay. uh, on the big card. Because I, I was going like, to take out, it, w- in the game, sucks. I
1: was going to take out Blister and uh, Gone Baby Gone. Or Baby Gone. <laughs> Not the movie. Gone, though. <laughs> uh, but, but I was going to just take those out, and then we we're going to go, but Added Up is kind of... Clearly gonna win that. <laughs> it, it is yes, because um, <laughs> so it is fantastic. Next, the the,
0: uh, the next song, uh, "Confessions." Um, I, I particularly like this one because you kind of get that raw sound. Uh, I mean, you still kind of get a raw sound throughout the entire album, but this song, uh, in general, you get like a raw sound, and uh, as you listen to it, it continually gets more raw. So, like when you're in the middle of it, and he's like, "I'm gonna hack, 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 hack it apart," it's like a transition from normalcy. Uh, and then you get to hear a really dark, mysterious side of the song when uh, Gano, Gano play, uh, sings Pay, Pay, Pay it tonight. Like when he gets into that part of the song, I fucking love how dark that is. It just feels like you can feel the anger off of somebody. Like just feeling this rage that's built up. Almost for like no reason, though. It's almost like an annoying rage that somebody is just mad for no reason. But uh, that's why I thought Confessions was a pretty good song and how it breaks down. AKA being a teenager, mad for no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, it's Absolutely. a
1: it's a it's the folk punk song. Um, mm-hmm. It's very much like pre against me against me uh, or early against me song.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's um, um, that's my take, which makes it good because that's a good genre of music, even though it's easy that, to uh, make fun of. But also enjoy. Fair, fair. Kevin sent yeah, us no, a fun um, video
3: yeah. of how to make your own folk punk. When when it's when it's an easy thing to emulate in parody, there's a you lot. Need of, grandpa uh, guitar. <laughs> One grandpa guitar.
0: <laughs> um. All right. I think that kind of moves us on to
3: uh, "Prove My Love." Kevin, what do you got to say about that? Uh, it reminds me a lot of their song that they were recorded on later called Helder in My Arms." Uh, Another big, classic track.
1: song. Another classic song too. Uh,
3: they also bring out the horns of dilemma, who are their uh, I don't want to say touring horn group because they switch out members of it like constantly to the point where like, if they're like touring festivals, it'll just be whoever is playing around the festival grounds that know how to play horn instruments mm-hmm. uh, that'll just jump in with them. Uh, but they bring that on for this, and it, it's it's delightful to see live. I'll just put it that way um
1: I like it because it is like a cousin to add it up it has a similar sound mm. um, uh so that's,
0: I don't I don't wanna
1: go so ahead that's, that's cool to me so that, that so uh if that's the undercard champion is like it's take it? I
0: that's pretty good I like how we just we bring wrestling every time okay it's just <laughs> like. So we actually okay. So we're bringing wrestling into this so much, and Kevin has caught onto it so much that he brought himself a Daniel Bryan shirt. I just want <laughs> to make that announcement.
3: Uh, it's just worry, a nice solid nice shirt. Even if I wasn't like uh, <laughs> interested in it at all, it's like it's a nice shirt. That's it why sometimes, cool
1: yeah. Sometimes even blind squirrels find a nut. They produce so many, and then <laughs> once in a while, I'm like, hey, that's actually good. That's why I own was that- shirts. <laughs> <laughs> But
0: that's so that's so cool. I mean, obviously, like as, as soon as I looked at the shirt too, I'm like, this is definitely a Kevin shirt. Why the fuck didn't he have this earlier, <laughs> right here? Um, but before we leave, uh, prove my love. I I want to say when Kevin said that it reminded him of held her in my arms. I always forget that uh, this was originally a Violent Femmes song, and I always only think about the Alkaline Trio. I cover I was gonna of it. say
1: Alkaline Trio makes yeah. a great cover of that song. They they do
0: do a good cover of that song, and then I was just like, I remember. When I fir- okay, this is gonna sound terrible. When I first saw them uh, for the free concert in Milwaukee last year, uh,
1: they played this song, and I was like,
0: "Are they covering Alkali Trio right now? Is that what's going on?" I always
1: love being a dumb bitch like that too. God, I fucked when it up. When songs Anyways. just escape your like notice, like, <laughs> well, you sent me one this week. You could talk about that.
0: Oh yeah, I guess I, I sent you Love Me, I'm a Liberal. Now I've heard this version several times, but I like this I like this version of Jello Bafia, uh or is it Bofia? Bafia? Biafra. Ba Biafra, I always say it wrong. That's close. Uh, and Mojo he Nixon. Said,
1: he says a lot of things wrong and we all love him for it.
0: <laughs> Fair. Um but they did this awesome cover of called Love Me I'm a Liberal and it's just talking about how liberals are just as bad as like conservatives as far as like hypocrisy goes it's Uh, just look
1: up what you know M.O.K. said about the white moderate that's what it covers is you know it's it's you know his letter from Birmingham jail is in written form the best version and then yeah folk songs have been talking about this for a long time oh for sure I mean even Um, one of our favorite ones growing up from against me you know there's the lyric of I'm a spineless liberal spineless yes I love that I mean but anyway so yeah um, hey those are all influences we're still on topic let's go to the next song promise Uh, this is
0: where I actually start feeling like this is everything tying together
1: oh I Um, love this reading of it I just read your note it's great
0: okay uh this is where because I, I like i feel like this all ties together um and how you could possibly turn this is where i felt like you could possibly turn this album into a play all these songs connect uh talking about teen teenage angst girls sex drugs everything like that it's like a whole big story and honestly i could see this i could see this being a fucking play like if they did it for a goddamn green day album and not taking anything away from green day they could definitely do it for this fucking album right here
3: to be fair, that Greendale does have a narrative arc running through it, so it was a little easier to transition it to... Uh, <laughs> I but just I, wanted I do, to say it. it. It's, 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 I could see the uh, uh, kind of... Uh, who even directed The Breakfast Club? Uh, why am I...
0: Uh,
3: oh, god well, I damn feel it, bad uh, being the movie guy, blanking on... oh no, John Hughes, right? That's it. Yeah. John Hughes. I <laughs> almost said John Cusack. For, <laughs> for me I kept. Okay, I kept wanting like... to
1: say John Holmes, who's a porn star. <laughs> I'm like, I know it's John something. John Holmes, the guy with the huge dick that loved making good movies.
3: <laughs> but I could see, uh, go I could see that version set in Milwaukee with this being like the musical kind of turning it into like a mamma mia sort of situation where yeah none of their songs have any kind of narrative through line but you can definitely pick out uh uh, different tracks through the discography that uh uh, turn into a thematic arc
1: i'm sorry now i'm running away with this this made me think of now the fucking (laughs) simpsons bit where they get where uh burns gets bill bergo instead of spielberg (laughs) Oh my God, <laughs> Spielberg. And now I'm also just thinking, what if John Hughes and John Holmes were actually the same person, and he had a softer side <laughs> it's to him? Like, in between, it's like a different his, pen name. Yeah, he's just 12-inch dick railing it all <laughs> day and all night being a porn star, and then in the morning hey. he writes, you know, uh, uh,
3: uh, *The Club* uh, and First uh, Dealer um, and *16 hey. Candles*. There we go. *16 Candles*. That's the one. Pretty, pretty in Pink. Them. Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Saint almost fire. Yep. Actually, I I was just saying.
1: Just after having like, you know, just filming a movie where he just laid like four women at the same time, just wakes up the next day and writes 16 candles. I just like it. (laughs) Um, So uh maybe he gets really
0: sentimental after sex, I'm just saying. The other (laughs)
1: thing with uh, promise here, base shines on this one. Don't it? Don't it base daddy?
0: It it does. It does shine on this one. But it like that's why it was hard for me to pick a certain track uh, to say where the bass shined on it, because it kind of shines everywhere. I, I He's did easily pick, uh, the best musician
3: don't... in the group. Like He stands head and shoulders above everyone in the group when it comes to actually Absolutely. Like, playing. And there aren't many albums where like every track you can do air bass to, and then there are just so many times over the course of this album where he'll just throw in like some tasty little lick that's just like... Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, um, so it's nice. Yeah. I like, they have a funky, he's funky. He's funky too. Yeah. It's good that he's funky. Uh, I love the da 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 parts. Cause it's totally a fucking funk, folk punk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Of to yell nonsense together, usually while Absolutely. clapping. So, uh, it, it, it's, 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 this that, is just fun.
0: And that kind of brings us into like, I, I guess I wouldn't say it's still another fun track to the kill. Uh, it just sounds really. It's a come down. Weird.
2: Mm-hmm. It's it is a-,
0: a come down, but it's also like weird. Like the instruments in it are all weird. It's just like a weird feeling the whole entire time.
1: Uh, I ain't no Al Capone was in my head all week. Like that's what I was just whisp- <laughs> whispering was to myself. Good. You know. So it is one of those where it's a lower key track, but it still like can get catchy if you're just sitting there. Yeah. Going, I ain't no Al Capone. <laughs> oh.
3: Um, that bitch took yeah, my I think... money to Chicago There's no casino in Chicago Where is she taking that money and going?
1: I'm gonna I look at this was, uh, I'm Because look there are, are no casinos
3: in Chicago The closest you have is over in Gary, Indiana Oh really? Yeah. There really is no casinos? No casinos in Chicago Oh, I thought
0: there There is one by the other airport that's not O'Hare I thought No, well, that's over in
3: uh, Gary, you gotta cross the state border for that
0: but I thought there was over no, by because there's sure the two.
3: I'm pretty sure that's Indiana. There's, th-
0: there's two airports and there's one closer by the other airport that is isn't O'Hare. I thought. I guess it's still not Chicago, but I don't know. I don't fucking know Illinois.
1: Uh, the state. Anyways, no, let's just. <laughs> the state does na- Uh. They produce or they pushed forward a sports wagering, and a half, ten casinos.
3: Oh Jeez. shit! Okay, all right. Oh, um, anymore. that. Well, I guess now uh, that is uh, <laughs> Illinois casino
1: updates. Uh, that nice. is one of our number one segments at Not Exactly Radio. <laughs> Remember hashtag Illinois hashtag casino. #IllCasinos. #IllCasinos.
3: #IllCasinos. Let's move on. Oh, #IllCasinos right is now. the name of my <laughs> rockabilly uh, punk band. All right, suck. Jesus Christ!
1: Uh, going to out, Gone Daddy Gone. Where it turns out your stand-up basis is a racist. <laughs> hey, don't <laughs> trust random, really people. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> He's at least
0: fashionable. God <laughs> damn it! All right, Gone Daddy Gone. Jesus <laughs> Christ! The other, the big one, and here, Kevin. What do you got to say about it? I... Remember when the
1: '50s were great?
0: <laughs> Shut up, Tony. <laughs> uh,
3: so this song has a little bit of uh, cover inception to it yeah that's uh, fun the as they note on the vinyl uh, this is gone daddy gone slash I just want to make love to you the second part being a Mudders Wa- Muddy Waters song uh, the third verse is in gone daddy gone is the bridge from the Muddy Waters song I just want to make love okay. to you that's the you can tell by the way that you switch your walk uh, oh okay just want to point out that the rolling stones do an excellent cover of that song uh if you want to go look that up there's another one that's just like okay uh but Gnarles barkley does a good cover of this song here which then prompted the violent femmes to do a cover of their hit song crazy which was also pretty good so you've, got, Holy shit. so you've got this song being covered by a band and then them covering their song. So there's there's multiple multiple covers going on in uh, this track here. Uh, cover second thing, to is, no, second thing to note is second thing to note is this is live the only song that Brian Ritchie doesn't play bass on. Uh, because he hops oh. off and plays the xylophone during this
0: Oh track. yeah. Yep, okay. Um, I do love that xylophone.
3: It's It's a nice little touch. It's great. Not enough xylophones. If (laughs) if, if if I've ever said anything, let it be known that I think there's not enough xylophones in music. Well, that's
0: the thing. Also, like, you know how I said earlier where I forgot that this album was made in the 80s? This song actually takes it back to like the fucking 60s for me now because (laughs) of the fucking xylophone. Uh, So once again, either side you're on. I don't feel like this album belongs in the 80s. Um, but yeah, no, I absolutely love that uh, fucking xylophone in the beginning there. It definitely has like fucking retro vibe to it, and I, I love it.
1: Um, um, go ahead. Uh, so, do, 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 do. oh, this is in the pantheon of songs that people probably don't realize that they are by the Violent Femmes originally, um, including uh, Helder in My Arms and then American Music. America. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> who, who covers that?
3: Um, I know that
0: uh, the whole, whole steady did cover a
3: cover of it, but, but
0: I,
1: I think it's also one of those that a lot of people have heard and then they hear it and like it a lot, but then never connect again. Who it's by? I. When you said American
0: music, I forgot about that. I immediately thought American Jesus by Bad Religion. Like, no, that's not And I was like, wait a second, wait, wait a second, Bad Religion does we that. We got
1: the American music. <laughs> it's sort of like I
0: don't, I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of Bad Religion recently. Well, we've Anyways, been um,
1: working on our ultimate pop punk playlist.
0: We have been. We yeah. gotta drop that soon too, I guess. Yeah. I keep I keep overthinking it and not actually putting I keep putting too many like pop punk hits. Like I shouldn't say hits, but I mean like weird like good Charlotte shit or something like that. I can't think of like anything interesting. Ones that we actually
1: enjoy. That's my problem is sometimes I'm like, wait, why am I clearing this? I don't actually enjoy this song.
3: We are over seven hours, so we got a good chunk of uh Music um, probably should drop that then. So I'll
1: need some editorializing, but wait, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll work
3: on that. Um, I think
0: uh, Kevin is probably the person to edit this whole thing down because he's definitely the uh, good gatekeeper.
3: <laughs> I got
0: you. <laughs> so the last song, uh, Good Feeling. Uh, I shouldn't say last song. Technically, there's a UK, there's a UK track that dropped uh, later on, but Good Feeling is like the technical last song of this album. Uh, what I like about it is that I feel... Like, this is actually like an ending. Now, there's a, w- there's a way... It's like two different ways that I looked at it. Uh, is it a good feeling uh, that the maybe the love of his life is actually staying around? Like, uh, uh, does he actually have someone now that he's been searching for, like, through this whole thing while also being high on fucking drugs the whole time? Uh, or is the lady he is asking to stay just a feeling of saying fuck it? Like maybe this is his fuck it moment where he's just like, you know what? Saying fuck it feels really good. I wish they would stay around more often. Like it made me think, it made me, makes me think that maybe the narrator is actually dead. Like he finally killed himself and now he's at peace for a little bit. That's the way I had a weird feeling about this uh, good feeling, if you will. Because it's like there is. Goodness to it A good s- gentle feeling to it But then there's also like An uneasy uh, Mysterious Thing of like I don't know it's just like a weird mystery thing That I can't quite put my finger on That's
3: what it makes me feel <laughs> yeah, for me, um, oh, go. oh no no, no. Uh, go. I always it, it is kind of a sad song Like the way I interpreted it was uh, He's asking for those moments that you can't control uh, and he just wants that and we've all had that just like good feeling whether it being with someone or if we're in a situation that's just like Mm -hmm. inherently making you happy and you know that there's nothing you can do to keep it around so all you're doing is pleading with uh, whatever deity gods above to just keep that good feeling going even though you know that it's fleeting and it could <laughs> go at any time yeah absolutely absolutely.
0: Um, just a weird somber way to end the album either way like either my way or Kevin's way it's just like it's still like the mysterious uneasy feeling that you have with it as well um,
3: it's definitely the most mature track on the album okay um, yeah where everything else you can definitely relate it back to him being just a horny high schooler. This one is the first time yeah. where it feels like he's really grappling grappling with some adult themes. For sure. For sure. Um But
0: but yeah, I guess that was like a, a nice story conclusion. There are two more tracks that came out of the scene. Uh Ugly and give me the car, which kind of goes back into uh, a little bit. Especially give me the car, it kind of turns into like that weird, like teenage angst. Like, come on, dad, give me the car so I could bone this chick. <laughs> um, and really well done live. Ugly actually gives me um, a feeling like their one of their newest songs called Nothing. Like I always feel like there's a weird sound connection between Ugly and Nothing, um, and I thought that was
3: pretty cool. And Ugly is uh, about as uh, uh, high energy as you can get with them live outside of Blister in the Sun. Uh, yeah. It, where Blister in the Sun really uh, rides the fact that it's their most well-known song that the crowd really gets into, Ugly just being as high tempo and high energy as it is like really gets the crowd going.
2: It gets the
0: people yeah, moving. for sure. It gets the people fucking moving. If you want to hear those tracks... Get them on Spotify. They're right there. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, so, yeah, that's the album. Fucking A.
2: Uh, I was very glad that we listened
0: to this. It was good. It was very it was good. Great. Very good. Um, so, it looks like Tony has got some hyper-specific... I got a couple of hyper-specific questions as well. What do you think? Want to make the drop? Okay, is that the drop we're doing? Kevin, do you have any hyper-specific questions? I can think of one here real quick. All right. All right. Okay, here we go. Here's the drop. Hyper Specific. And we're back. Tony, do you want to start or do you want
1: me to start? Um, I will go. Um, first Get. to answer each one. Don't need to take turns. Okay. Uh, first one to give a good answer. Uh, name a track okay. that expresses your feeling during the following time periods of your life. All right. Junior hmm. year of high school.
0: Oh,
3: gosh. Uh, uh for me this is definitely the sun be bu- Kiss off. Well,
1: in the sun could be about uh masturbation. <laughs>
3: <laughs> then Blisters is in the sun, yes. Uh, w- without without it being uh the suicidal take the song Kiss off. Uh Yeah. Definitely just the I I did not like high school. I did not like <laughs> no, same. I did not like a lot of the people I went to high school with. The people <laughs> who I did like in high school, I still talk to and hang out with, and it's like four (laughs) people. Uh, So yeah, just the general middle finger to the entirety of junior high is... Yeah. Yeah, junior year of high school. Just add. All right. Absolutely. Junior year of your undergrad.
0: Junior year of my undergrad. uh, I guess... Okay, I have a weird junior year because like I kind of I did my two years at at UW Sheboygan, but then my junior year didn't technically start until I was like twenty. I don't know, fucking twenty six or something like that because I graduated in two thousand sixteen. I mean, Shit. it's weird. Different paths to life, man. I know. Okay. Uh, let's see. My junior year, my undergrad, would probably be. Uh, shit. What would it be? Probably Gone Daddy
1: Gone. Ooh. I gone think. Daddy Gone. No, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I like it. 15-year-olds? Right. Th- yeah. Nice. <laughs> damn, Kevin. <laughs>
0: fucking damn, Kevin. You know how you took the suicide out of Kiss Off? We'll take <laughs> <You> the 15-year-olds <15 laughs> out of, out of, out of out. Gone Daddy Gone, you fucking... Uh, mine
3: is definitely Blister in the Sun. A lot of masturbation going on. A lot of drug use going on. <laughs> and,
1: then, uh, <laughs> and then finally, uh, what song from this record can dis- uh, describe a typical Tuesday? Typical meaning right
3: now. A very typical time. Um, I don't know that I have one off the album that really... Uh...
1: Alright, in the world before this a typical <laughs> Tuesday
0: Okay, I was gonna say like for right now for right now on a Tuesday I think good feeling would probably work for me Yeah, because I feel pretty confident with what's going on in my life and uh, um, even before this I could maybe say good feeling there might be some days where kiss off would probably be the one <laughs> because it's a fucking Tuesday uh, but no, that's, I think good feeling would probably take that
3: one yeah, uh, I agree with what Ben says. That actually is a great way of summing up where we are right now.
0: Yeah. Um, shit. Benny's uh, turn. Okay, so my turn. Uh, my question to you guys—I guess it's a kind of a simple question: Would the Violent Femmes be famous if this album was never released? Like, do you think they could make it with the rest of their music? Uh, yes, uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know that they get
3: to make more music if they don't have this album. Is the thing is that a mm. lot of their they like I think they went and got signed to a major label after this, so uh, a whole bunch of their. Fair. Granted, like, would they be something like Die Cruises, where they're very well known locally, but like. Mm-hmm didn't really explode into the national scene and i think that would probably be where they're at but like i you're you it's kind of like uh, uh that beatles movie that came out this last year yesterday, yesterday? yeah where it's like what would happen mm-hmm. if the beatles never existed and it's like the entire musical landscape would be different we wouldn't yeah that's
1: like... that's that it makes it hard yeah <laughs> <laughs> Hard question, sir. Sorry, my bad. Um I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't know. Okay, <laughs> uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. Um I mean we've listed other hits they had. Maybe it doesn't take off the same though, and it's more of a let over notoriety as other Wisconsinite band, the Bodines. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where yeah, they just it's like, Oh yeah, that's a band that got some radio play. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we I food. love
3: live as well Bodines. Bodine's are a great live band
0: <laughs> so, uh, Alright Tony what's your um, Go ahead
1: No I'm good now
0: Oh sorry Oh wait you're done? Oh you deleted Okay I got one more Okay go you di- I thought you had one more Anyway it's fine Okay I got my other one Where would you put Ugly and Give Me The Car In this album If they weren't on the end
3: That's a Kevin question. Uh, (laughs) Ugly goes in right after Add It Up and Give Me The Car is in between Promise and To The Kill. I like it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Um, My hyper-specific question? Let's do it. So their current drummer uses a Weber grill as his snare drum. What household item or... Something you would find in your garage would you end up using if you were in a band? probably a toilet, honestly, <laughs> like I mean oh, yeah. there's, like, there's
0: like there's like, <laughs> there's like different acoustics to it, depending on where you hit, and especially if you put water in it too, maybe I think a toilet could probably work just fine
1: um so because we love our Halloween decorations, I got that coffin in the garage, um oh, so I man. would just turn that up into a uh, some type of stand up base. Stand up, oh, wash ooh. tub base.
0: There you go. That's good stuff. You, you run, you stuff run stuff it right through.
1: There. You run the strings through the coffin, cut a little hole in there. I dig the skeleton in it. Yep, I'm gonna be Ben's favorite band.
0: Oh yeah, I'm into it. Let's fucking go. <laughs> uh, well, that's it. That's all we got for the show. Um, that's pretty good. I'm really glad that we were able to uh,
1: enjoy something. Enjoy <laughs> oh, shit. this album enjoy uh, it was nice yes. to
0: enjoy a thing um still trying to think of that word i was trying to think of earlier hopefully i was hoping that it would come up by now but it has not it was pigeons uh, so pigeons, pigeons. pigeons uh, but anyways uh <laughs> pigeons you're correct that was the word uh, withdrawal no but this is a lot of fun withdrawal thank you oh my pigeons! god i couldn't think of withdrawal good job Oh, uh, it was at the end thanks kevin jesus christ uh withdrawals okay so anyways that's the show uh thank you so much for listening not exactly radio don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram twitter uh we're trying to be more uh i guess helpful to uh local bands that are doing live streams and uh making sure people are aware that uh other venues are trying to uh do things right now to make up for uh lost profit um from their businesses during this stupid time um And hopefully we can all get through this together. Uh, So make sure you're on the make sure you're looking out for that stuff because we'd like to help out as many local artists as possible, local artists and venues as possible. Hit us up on all three of those things. Um, And then what else was I trying to say? I guess uh, nothing. Kevin, you got anything going on right now? How are you doing? We're doing
3: all right. Uh, I know that going through the internet here real quick is the leftover challenge. Uh, If we can pimp that here real quick. If you can afford it, uh, go to your uh, local favorite restaurant, order more than you can eat in a day, and then with the leftovers, uh, create something new out of it, and then post it to your favorite social media site with the hashtag Leftover Challenge.
0: That's not a bad idea. I think I'm going to try that. We actually, Amber and I just got leftovers from Iron Great Barbecue last night, so maybe chicken wings and sausages. It's going to be real weird to try that out. Uh, but we're gonna give it a shot. Um, no, that's cool, Tony. Do you have anything else to say?
1: Um, laptop's dying. I'm Tony, just Tony Pigeon. All right, all right, Benny K. Not exactly radio.
0: We're out of here. See you later. Bye bye.